What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, April 23rd, 2015, and you guys listening to episode 206. Uh, I am here doing this from my hotel room in New Orleans, Louisiana. That's right. We got to uh, New Orleans today, uh, pulled in. Uh, we are. Um, I'm on the bus tour with uh, Bill Burr and Jason Lawhead. And, um, it's going pretty cool, man. It's, it's, uh, pretty f- just amazing to be telling jokes with your, you know, your best friends, just laughing and, and, you know, doing what you do and stuff. So just having a great time out here. And, um, last night was a pretty long night. Got a couple of bottles of liquor for the bus ride because we had like six hours and, um, yeah, I was just watching movies and stuff. I'm going to go through all of the stuff, uh, leading you up to right now. Got some uh, unacceptables for you. We're going to talk some sports. We are going to uh, just shoot the shit, have a good time, and uh, got some funny stories, got some really cool stories about what's going on in the trip, and uh, we'll get into it. But first, uh, as always, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. GonzoFame.com is a website where you can get the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, comedians that are uh, moving up in the ranks and just having, you know, giving the backstory of uh, their climb and their journey in the comedy business. There's a ton of people on there, and there's people always getting added to the site uh, run uh, over there in Chicago by Dave Gavry, funny up-and-coming comic. So check out GonzoFame.com today and uh, read up on all of uh, the comedians that are on there. And they're really great interviews, uh, deep, detailed interviews uh, on there. So please check it out. Uh, Also, I do want to thank my guest, uh, Jeffrey uh, Gurian, who was on um, uh, last week's episode, uh, uh, part two of uh, episode 205. Uh, A lot of people gave a lot of feedback about Jeffrey and um, you know, he's just been in the game, around the game, writing for people. Just one of these guys that, um, you know, he's just, he's just always, he's like a Forrest Gump of comedy. He's just some way, somehow, the guy's there. And it was really fascinating to talk to him, and people really liked it. So uh, it was, you know, it was part two. You know, part one of uh, last week's episode was pretty much just a regular TVE episode. But then part two was a little different where I sat down uh, with somebody interesting. And, that you know, that's always cool to do when you get, when, you know, when I get the, you know, time and, and it just works out that way where someone's like, hey, I'd love to jump on it. I'll just throw another part to an episode depending on whatever day it is. I don't care. And we'll put it up there. So thank you guys who liked it. And uh, thank you uh, to Jeffrey Gurian. Uh, check him out. A super, super nice guy. And uh, he's a, a writer as well. Or he writes about what's going on currently in the world of comedy and stuff. Um Okay, so we, uh, first of all, another fucking bumpy flight flying in. Uh, I flew super early in the morning from JFK to Savannah, Georgia. And the pilot was, like, the seatbelt light was on the whole fucking time. And it was a bumpy flight. Lawhead said his flight was so scary and bumpy that they didn't, they thought, he's like, dude, I thought I might die. Like, that's how bad it was. Mine wasn't like that, but mine was just uncomfortable and a lot of turbulence the whole way. Like, the the fucking plane was just all over the sky. This thing was flying left and right, shaking up and down. And you could tell the pilot was going up and down trying to find 
like a smoother path. And he even got on and goes, listen, guys, I'm trying to find a smooth path here. We just, there's just not, it's always going to be bumpy. Sucked. Absolutely sucked. But got to Savannah, Georgia, which is, uh, you know, everyone's talking about how they love it and it's a great town. Listen, I'm down South. I don't mind it, but like, I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to say it just because I'm here. The people here are great. They're amazing. The people coming to the shows are great. Um, you know, one thing I've learned too, you know, when I do open for Bill, um, and you know, I'm not opening for him that much anymore, but I know when I did and, and now on this tour and, you know, he just brings out a very smart crowd and he brings out the best of whatever area he's in. But, you know, for the most part, man, the South is kind of shitty and, you know, there's a lot of great people down here and they're nice, but there's also a lot of fucking morons down here. You know, it, it really is. I'm not trying to be stereotypical. I'm not trying to be like that dickhead New Yorker who, who thinks he's better. I'm not saying anything like that. Some of these people are absolute sweethearts. I've met so many nice, appreciative people. But like anywhere, you know, you have the, you know, you have the people that are just a little out of control. But when they're out of control down south, it's just like, Wee, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, fuck it. Like, it's a lot of that. And, um, you know, you're gonna get fucked up, yeah, woo, like, they just think it's about them, and they just fucking, you know, they just keep, like, you know, they're walking around dressed like fucking, you know, just like t-shirts and fucking, you know, just dressed like, that's probably their fucking Thanksgiving outfit, but, and there's a lot of that down here, there's a lot of shitty areas, and then there's, you know, some really nice, amazing areas where you're like, wow, I, I actually see why people move down here, so it's a lot of that, it's hit or miss, um, Savannah was not bad. Savannah was really cool. We uh, we did a, a beautiful venue there, and then afterwards we went. And some locals told us about like a certain place because we wanted very low key, you know, go out low key. Not a lot of people from the crowd and everything. So we did that. Um, got on the insane bus. The bus is just. I mean, I I love being on the bus like. We have the hotel too, but like the bus is just kind of like a, it's just kind of like a safe haven. It's just like this luxurious thing. You know, it's locked and sealed. You're protected in there. It's huge. There's, you know, there's beds, there's TVs, your refrigerator, like you just have everything on there. So, um, we're just sometimes just going to the bus and hanging out, you know, and just relaxing on there. That's what we did last night. Um, and uh, then after we did uh, Savannah, Savannah, we went to like the speakeasy. It's kind of like you need a code or like a key. So you knock on the door and it like slides open and they look and like you have to have a key to get in and only certain people do. And we actually got it from the police. The police gave us this key so you get in, but it was okay. It was uh, pretty cool, different. Didn't mind Savannah. And then after Savannah, we went to Knoxville. Knoxville was awesome. Now, the thing about Knoxville is this theater is like legendary. It was beautiful. I loved it. The crowd was fucking fantastic. Everybody was was into it. And something crazy happened, man. I never seen anything like this. So, Lawhead and I, after I get off stage, Lawhead and I go to this bar which is like attached right next door. It's like like right next door on the corner there. And Bill's on stage and, uh, you know, it was just a great time. I was like, man, I'd love to get a beer right now. 
uh, and there's NBA playoff NBA playoff games going on. So let's go get a beer and let's um, you know wait for Bill. You know we got like you know he didn't have to be back for like an hour. And um, I'm like, yeah, so we go to this bar, right? And we're sitting down, really cool bar, awesome. Just like, it's like what you picture like a bar should be. And and it just like, when you walked in, you were like, oh, this is really fucking cool. And we sit down at the bar and they got all these different beers and they got the games on. So I order a Yingling and um, Jay gets a beer and we're sitting there, right? And it's there's big windows around the whole bar. You could see outside to the street. And out of nowhere, I just look to the left, and it starts fucking pouring like I've never seen, right? And I'm like, oh shit, Jay, look. So, looks outside, and he's like, oh my god, wow. I mean, pouring to the point where it was like, this was like fucking Hollywood movie, like rain. Like they hit a switch. I mean, this shit was downpouring like, I, I mean, I've seen rain before. And I seen fire and I seen rain. No, I seen rain before and this shit was raining, right? Hard rain. And I'm like, all right, whatever, that's cool, you know? We're in Tennessee, maybe the fucking weather changes on a dime out here, whatever. What do I know? Weather, I didn't know any weather reports, you know? Just got off stage, wanted to have a beer at this bar. And then all of a sudden, this like unbelievably loud sound of wind just starts coming in, right? And there's a couple other like men down at the bar and there was a couple of people there and then, you know, waitresses and stuff. It wasn't busy at all. And there's like brick wall that comes up to your waist and then after that it's just glass, right? Out, you know, overlooking the street. And I'm sitting there and I was like, you know, enjoying myself watching a game, you know, I just had a nice set in front of an amazing theater crowd, chilling, just relaxing, you know, excited, this trip has started and everything and we're two shows in and me and Jay are just, you know, shooting the shit and all of a sudden this sound and this wind like, like this, it was so fucking nuts and I look outside and it's just like fog flying by and then the most unbelievable gusts of wind where everybody stood, I go, Jay, 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 look, dude, look, look and he's like not paying attention, he looks, he goes, what the fuck, everybody stood up waitresses start sprinting to the doors to hold the doors closed but I don't even I'm not even registering what's going on right now and you just hear and signs outside are flying God, I swear to God guys this shit was either a hurricane or like at first I was like dude that had to be a tornado I've never seen it was just flying by the windows like these like clouds almost like a fake Hollywood you know the way like they're in the car and things are flying by like or you know Hollywood just hits a switch and all this weather that's what it was like it was the scariest thing. Grown men standing up out of their seats. Lawhead was about to dive behind the bricks because it seemed like it, dude. It seemed like it seemed like there was just like this end of the world moment where everything. I'm not even trying. I'm not even like overdoing it. I'm not even kidding. I wish. I wish people could have seen. It was like this unbelievable, like five to six seconds of horror. Where it was like Mother Nature just reminded you, look, I can fuck you up. You know, like I can, on a dime, I could just fucking, I could take this earth and shake the fuck out of it. And I could kill many people. Like you thought windows were going to blow out. I mean, it was just like, go and like, I, we were downtown, so we're in some buildings. So the wind had nowhere to go. So it was just flying through the streets with this violent sound. 
And everybody stood up, dude. Not like like grown men who looked like tough grown men, like were like standing up, like oh fucking, it was crazy. And then after like six or seven seconds, it just died down. And I literally was like, dude, was that a fucking tornado? I've never seen anything like that. I think a tornado just went, just hit Knoxville or something and went down the street. And uh, I w- it was so bad and serious, I was wondering if Bill heard it from the stage or if people in the theater heard it. And apparently they didn't. But that makes sense that they didn't because they're in a theater, doors closed, there's a sound and all the acoustic and all that stuff. They're not going to hear anything, but oh my God, man. It was fucking insane. And... Uh, and then after the show, we went back to the bar when that bar died down a little bit. We went to the bus for a little bit, and then when it died down and we knew that not a lot of people would be in there, then we went into the bar and we hung out there. I ended up getting into a screaming match. Not a screaming match, but me and some dude with a Boston Red Sox shirt. He starts talking. I said something to him like, how are you a Boston fan living out here? Like, how the fuck are you a Boston fan living out here? Then Bill jumped on that guy's side, of course. So now it's me versus Bill fighting. Bill said I came at the guy confrontational. I don't think I did. I think it was me just going, how the fuck are you a Boston fan living here? You know, and we just start screaming and I'm starting to say, yeah, 27 championships, go fuck yourselves. You guys, we have more in the fucking, you know, we had more in the 90s than you guys did in your whole fucking franchise. And Bill's like, no, no, you didn't. So you do your homework. It was just, it turned into this fucking hilarious, unbelievably ridiculous, over-the-top argument. But uh, we went to that bar, we drank, we had a good time, and then um, we got on the bus and we headed to Chattanooga. Now, Chattanooga was um, not a theater. It was one of those open spaces where, like, music venues perform. You know, it's, it's one of those open spaces. It almost looks like a fucking... It almost looks like a like an airplane hangar, and there's just a ton of chairs, and people are just drinking tall boys of beer. And it was all right. There was a couple of, like, there was a drunk whore. There was some really loud drunk whore um, in the front yelling through everybody. And, you know, um, I it was right at the end, because I, I, I was doing the bit about how I hit the deer. And I'm um, doing, you know, I'm working on the deer bit. I talked about it on here. And I'm working on that bit about, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to do bits that are real that happened to me. The deer bit's going well. So I'm working on the deer bit, trying to like tighten it up and everything. And I didn't realize the laws are different. So like when you hit a deer in Tennessee, you actually can get out and fucking shoot it. And, you know, like you could kill it just, just like in New York, I don't know what the rule is. So when I was, so there was this one drunk chick and she was just talking through shit. She was just talking through the show. And by the time I realized who it was, so I said that I didn't, I, I drove away from the deer. And she said, she just was talking and loud and drunk. She's like, man, you dipshit or something like she fucking, and it, it bothered me because like people are around her and she's like making them uncomfortable. She say something to me. So after I done, I was like, who just said I should have done something different or something? She just kind of like raised her hand and I just saw her sitting there drunk and whatever. And, and I'm getting off in like three minutes or four minutes. And I'm like, if I fucking destroy this girl and call her a cunt or do something, I was like, I don't want, like, this could turn fucking, you know, I was having a good time and I didn't know, I didn't want to get dark on her and kill her right there. So then Lawhead came out and he said something like, you guys are a great crowd except for this fucking chick saying something. And then Bill came out and Bill said something to her. Bill said something so fucking incredibly funny to her. He said something along the lines of, you look like Ric Flair fucked your mother or something. He just said something, and I didn't hear it, but I heard the fucking place went nuts when he said it. And he said some shit to her, but she was just drunk. And, uh, 
you know, to be honest, I love the people out in Chattanooga. They were really cool, but I just thought the venue wasn't as great as, I mean, look, they're all not going to be great. I'm just being honest here. Um, you know, the venue wasn't, you could tell it was a rock venue, but it was still a lot of fun and the people were great. And thank you, whoever listened to uh, my podcast. There was a lot of podcast uh, fans there and people coming up to me after the show saying that they listened to the Verzi Effect and that they're a fan and stuff. So I really do appreciate it. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to all you guys, um, you know, at, at the venue. Then after that, we were like, all right, let's, we definitely, let's smoke a cigar tonight. We haven't really smoked a cigar. Let's, let's, let's let this be the first time that we, uh, it was like either the first or second cigar. And we, um, one of the employees at the venue was driving us to a little cigar lounge, but then he happened to say, oh yeah, just so you know, I work at this new place that opened up and, um, the name of the place was, oh, I got to actually, I have to plug this because it was so unbelievable. Uh, Southside Social, right? And he was like, yeah, just so you know, I mean, uh, they close soon, but, you know, you can smoke cigars and it's got all kinds of stuff. It's got, you know, beanbag toss and it's got bocce and it's got bowling and it's a new bar and it has all these game rooms. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds fucking awesome. So... We didn't have a cutter for the cigars, so he goes, let me just go to my job, and I'll get a cutter, and then I'll take you to the to the, to the the cigar lounge, the one that we were going to originally go to. So, this fucking guy comes out with his boss or manager, and cuts our cigars, and he's like, hey man, you know, if you guys wanted to stay here, for, I could keep it open a little longer. This fucking place, we were like, yeah, that's fine. We walk into this place, and... It is just an unbelievable bar, right? You got to go to this place called Southside Social. It's it's only been it's only been open for I believe. I want to say it's only been open for I believe about two months, and they have this amazing courtyard. Like so, you walk into the bar, and it's just an unbelievably beautiful bar. There's all kind of games where like you throw a a, a ring on a string and try to hook it. And you, you could do that, like, just, like, these things that are just, like, fun. Then there's a bowling alley, okay? Then there's, like, these private rooms or these, like, rooms where you could just chill and sit down and drink. And then you go outside to the courtyard, and there's a fire pit, and there's this big square of artificial turf, and there's beanbag toss games set up already, like, measured perfectly and set up part of this courtyard. They got, they got a, um... You know, uh, they got bocce ball. I think they got like horseshoes, like all kinds of, but like all in this nice setup with this fire pit with bricks, and you could sit around the fire back there. It was basically like, it would be like a, a fucking like a fraternity party's dream. Like it, it would be like an um, if there was like a movie of the like the most ideal fun things for adults to do with alcohol and games involved. Like there's no better place than this. It was fantastic. Fucking bowling alley, man. It, it, just in a, in a bar and a game, and then in the back of the courtyard, they took out one of those like wind tube things, like one of those trailer things, those old school like silver tin trailers, right? And they called it the Clinton Lounge, you know. Um, and they were gonna like do this whole theme where they have like a, a blue dress hung in there. But anyway, he gutted this thing out. There's all these chairs with cigar labels on them. The wall he put all like cigar, you know, like cigar boxes he made it out of cigar boxes or the back of a cigar box and it was so cool and we're sitting in this thing and there's a flat screen and we're watching a game in there 
And it was just, there was some so cool people hanging with us. And it was just such an awesome time uh, smoking a cigar in this thing. And, and they stayed open extra late for us. Then they had this thing. They had a whiskey slushy, right? So what they did is they had these like bottles, like four bottles of local bourbon, which is fu- which was amazing. And then they mix it in with like I guess like you know like a couple of two liters of Coke, a shitload of ice and all this. And then they just have these things just turning it and turning it and turning it. Dude, it was one of the most delicious things I drank, and two of them. Fucked me up and like after one you were like whoa when I was one and a half in I was fucked up Lawhead had three of them he was fucking hammered it was awesome um we were just yeah it was so cool to sit in this thing so uh that place Southside Social such a cool that that place is going to be the spot um you know to to go to so if you're in that area man you got it's one of the coolest places I've ever been um, no, they're not paying me to say the shit. It's just, it was nuts. Um, the ongoing, uh, joke here that we said that they say in Tennessee, you know, Bill was saying it, Bill kept saying it and Jason and, 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 and myself is that they always say, Hey man, be careful with your drink. You know, it'll catch up with you, catch up to you. Uh, some people gave us some, some jars of moonshine. We got jars of moonshine. Uh, one tastes like apple pie and one is with, uh, you know, just strawberries floating in it. And I only take a couple sips of that cause that'll fucking, that'll just, you know, that'll just destroy you. Uh, so that was pretty much Chattanooga got on a bus and we drove in the middle of the night from Chattanooga to Memphis. And in Memphis, we, uh, this was really cool in Memphis, um, Lawhead has a hookup, and he's very good friends with uh, Drew Graham, who is Drew is the trainer for the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Memphis Grizzlies happen to be in town having a practice, and he's like, yeah, man, come crash, practice, shoot around, and I put a video of me shooting around in their practice gym, um, and uh, I actually shot awful before that. I was just shooting, it was like we just had barbecue in Memphis, and then we go to this practice facility, and the ball was like a medicine ball. Like, I'm shooting air balls. And then finally, I started to get my stroke, and I started to hit some shots. And then, But I couldn't leave with how bad I shot. So on the way out, I go, can I just shoot again real quick? And then I hit a couple of them, and uh, we got some on tape. So, uh, yeah, note to self, don't go to an NBA gym with from the NBA three-point line with a gut full of fucking barbecue, Memphis barbecue and think you're going to start knocking down shots. But, um, so we eat this, uh, we, we ate some barbecue in, uh, in Memphis, which was good. You know, still, I got to say, uh, Austin, La Barbecue in Austin, Texas is the greatest barbecue I've ever had. It's the greatest meat I've ever tasted. I, I can't even believe what I ate. And, uh, everyone's telling me, oh, you know, Memphis, Tennessee barbecue. It was good. It was definitely good barbecue. I enjoyed my meal, but nothing like La Barbecue in, um, in Austin, if I have to be real and honest. All right. So we go to Memphis Grizzlies. And um, the guy drew so fucking cool. He's showing us everything. We're shooting around. And then I'm standing there. And uh, I was going to talk about this with the sports. But, you know, I'm just going to go down the list of this uh, this trip so far. And then we will do some, um, you know, we'll do your unacceptables. And we'll just we'll just keep going. It, it's going to be a, uh, a typical Versi Effect podcast show. Oh, my God. But I got I to gotta tell you guys about what the, some of these women are saying out here. I, I'll tell you that after the Memphis thing. Um, 
You know what? I'm going to do it now so I don't forget, and then I'll get back to the Memphis thing. Because since I'm already in the Memphis story, I won't forget it, but I might forget this thing, and I don't want to. So there's obviously women hanging out after shows, and some of them want to know where we're going. And, you know, hey, where where y'all going after the show? Like, everything down here, like, they make you feel like everything's okay because of their voice. You know, like, they're just like, how y'all doing? Yeah, you want some tea, honey? You want some tea, baby? Okay, uh, okay, sweetheart. Like, that's how they talk down here, you know? And, um... So this one girl was like, where y'all going afterwards? And she was like a little aggressive, and I'm not making this up. She actually said this. She goes, her and her friend were standing next to her. She's like, well, y'all, y'all going to go out? And I was like, I don't know. You know, I think we kind of like to keep it low-key and stuff. That's okay. Well, if y'all want two girls to buy you guys shots and hang out, you know, we'll hang out. And uh, just so you know, you know, we're both on birth control. And I was like, what the fuck? Did you just say that? She, yeah, we're both on birth control. And then the one girl was like, well, don't say that about me. She, the one girl goes, well, I have a boyfriend. And then, like, the girl who said it was, like, dead serious. Like, she was basically like, I have birth control, so I could have sex with you guys, and I'll buy you guys drinks if I could hang out. And uh, I was like, wow. That is fucking insanely aggressive. Like, did you not hear me talk about my family on stage? You know? <laughs> I mean, at first, I was like, I, I didn't know she was doing it to be funny, but like she was like dead, like she was dead serious. I mean, that's that's the only way I took it. Like she wasn't like, no, I'm just kidding. She was like throwing anything out there that she thought would like make her be able to just come and hang out. Like she just wanted to drink and fucking you know whatever. But yeah, man, I was like, shit. I heard of Southern hospitality. That's a little fucking, it's a little much. But, uh, so anyway, back to the Memphis thing. Just, yeah, we're both on birth controls. Fuck, like, what? So anyway, so we go, so Drew is walking us through the Memphis facility, and we go in, and they have, like, this hydro chamber thing. They have this thing. It's, like, this tube chamber that the players go in, and all this smoke comes out, and it, like, does something to your blood and to your, to your organs, and it, it, like, almost is, like, as if you were getting hypothermia, but it doesn't hurt you. It just does something to the healing process of your of your body. And we walk in and Mike Connolly and fucking Vince Carter are just sitting there. Just chilling. Like Vince Carter's sitting there like half naked, like no shirt, like ready to go into this thing. And Drew's telling us about the facility and I'm just going, dude, that's Vince Carter right there. Like I grew up watching that guy fucking dominate at Madison Square Garden. That guy had the greatest dunk contest ever in 2000. Uh, look up Vince Carter, I mean, that's Vince Carter, like, that's fucking Vince Carter, you know, and he's sitting right there, so I'm just trying to, like, keep it cool, because I don't get starstruck with, like, really too many, like, actors or, or, like, you know, comedians and stuff, but, you know, athletes, I fucking, you know, I grew up with that shit, I love athletes, and, like, it's, it's, you know, not even starstruck, just like, oh, shit, dude, I love to talk to that guy, that guy, I've watched that guy, and I'm just, like, sitting in there while they're in the locker room, I'm just standing there, and uh, some other guy was there. I forgot who it was. And Tony Allen was really funny. Tony Allen walked in, and he kind of just looked. And he just, like, looked. I was like, what's up? I said, what's up to him? And he kind of just, like, patted his chest going, yeah, man, I want some of that too. And, like, I was like, nobody understood what that meant. And then uh, they were just like, yeah, Tony's fucking. He says that he's got three personalities, and he calls one of them. What does he call one of them? Something something Corleone or monster something Corleone from the Godfather but he's um he's a great defender and it was just so sick to be in this facility and just have players walking around and I'm in the locker room and then Courtney Lee walks in the locker room and he's at his locker and I was like oh shit this is a nice locker room and he heard me say it and he goes this is average fellas this is average 
just funny, cool. He's like, yeah, man, don't let your women around me right now with these muscles. The guy was just shredded. But he was like, he was totally joking, but totally cool, man. And um, it was really, really awesome to um, be in an NBA facility. And then we were actually going to go in the arena floor, like where the games are played. But uh, the Portland Trailblazers were still on the um, Portland Trailblazers were still on the court. So um, we couldn't do that. But we went into the practice facility and had a great time. Then that night... Uh, Drew and his wife and some people from the, the Memphis Grizzlies or Drew and his wife came out to the show. There were some other people at the show and then I had a great time in Memphis on stage and then I get off stage and who's there in the crowd but uh, Brent Barry, another NBA guy and Brent Barry was in town because he actually called the game. He called the game last night. So that's what he was in town doing and he loves comedy. He loves stand-up. So he came out to the show with a buddy of his who works for the Portland Trailblazers and I am not joking when I tell you Brent Barry is the fucking coolest mother... Brent Barry could not have been more of a sweetheart of a guy. Funny as hell. Great stories. Like, subtly sarcastic. Telling us great stories. Drank a beer with him. We're talking. He loves stand-up. He's a genuine, like, a fan. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, he came up to me and said, hey, man, great set. My name's Brent. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I know who you are. Like, it was just so fucking surreal. And just like he just was like smart about comedy, knew and knew how how you could compare like what comedy is the only thing where you could compare it to anything, or you could make jokes about anything with any other like living, you know. Like he was talking about like with a doctor. He was we were just talking about like a doctor can't like halfway through a surgery be like, oh yeah, he doesn't have the stamina to do it. But like comedy is like the one thing you could put with that, like. Anyway, I, whatever. I don't even know if you guys understand what I'm saying, but we were just having this great conversation about comedy and about how you could relate it to anything. And, um, you know, and then he's telling us these fucking amazing stories about the NBA. And, um, you know, he's just like, I was like, dude, you won the dunk contest. And he's like, the only white guy to win a dunk contest. And, um, you know, just, I, I can't even say enough good things. The guy was the best. So shout out to Brent Barry, man. He came out and he um, he was so cool. Genuine comedy fan. Goes out to clubs in California all the time to watch. So um, that was awesome. And then last night we did uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, and tonight we are in New Orleans. And then we have a couple of days off uh, to recharge the batteries, rest up a little bit. So we got one show tonight in New Orleans. But last night in Shreveport was really cool. Great theater. Um, nice, nice theater. You know, people were cool. Some of the people were a little, you know, start to get to the deep, deep south. But I got to tell you, everybody nice and everybody respectful. They really, they really were. It's, it's a very nice, uh, you know, place. I, some, some dude came up to me from Amaranik, New York. He's from Westchester. And, uh, that was really cool to see some, you know, people that you don't see too many people from Westchester in Shreveport, Louisiana. So that was cool. And, um, everybody was really nice there. And then last night, we just chilled on the bus because we had a six-hour ride. So we got a bottle of Grey Goose. We got a bottle of Crown. And we just started watching movies. We watched uh, we watched Anchorman. We watched uh, Half a Vacation. Um, and then everybody just started passing out. And we pulled into uh, New Orleans around like probably like 12 o'clock, like noon today. And that's where we are now. So that has been everything uh, up until... That's pretty much been everything up till now, and um, we've had a great time. It's been insane. It's been so much fun, and after today, I think we're halfway done the tour. 
and then now, then after that, our next stops are we do what do we do? Jackson, Mississippi. Then we do um, two stops in Alabama. But I think we do no, we do one in Alabama tomorrow or in a couple of days. Then we do Jackson, Mississippi. Then we go back to Mobile, Alabama, and then we do. Um, Huntsville and then maybe Evansville and then we're done and then we go to the Kentucky Derby and then we're done so yeah it's uh, definitely insane and we're having a blast you know I just trying to get these jokes trying to get some new jokes out there and um, you know just testing myself and telling stories and the awesome thing is man you think like if if you're doing stand up Honestly, if you're doing stand-up comedy and you're in another part of the country that you don't know if it's going to get you, that that's the, the best time to test out a joke that you really believe in. Because if you say it with conviction and you mean it, you can get other people to, to, to get it. And, um, you know, like I'm telling some stories and, and I, I just, you know, it's like, I don't care if you're from the South or you can't relate. Like, I want to bring you to what I'm doing. I'm going to make you understand what, what I'm doing. And and, and they, they do get it. The only thing that they didn't really get was, like, they were just like, how come you didn't kill the fucking deer, man? I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't have a gun. What, am I going to shoot the thing? And they were like, yeah. Come on. That's what you do. Like, I guess out here or in Tennessee or whatever, you just fucking put, like, if you hit a deer, you're like, well, let me get the gun. He just walk up to the thing and fucking just off it and just leave. Like I, I don't, I don't have that in me. Like even if that was the rule, like even if that, even if they wanted, like I can't do that. I shot a blue jay when I was a kid. I started crying like a baby. I was like, take this fucking gun from me. I'm not killing anything. I'm not taking a life. I don't give a fuck who you are or how tough you are. When you shoot something and you see it gasping for its last breath with blood coming out of its mouth. If you're like, yeah, fucker, there's something wrong with you. I don't give a fuck, dude. There's something wrong with you. If you're, you know, if listen, if you're like getting it to eat it and doing it old school, like to survive and you pack the meat in your freezer and like that, you feed your family with it, that's fine. But like if you're standing over something that's dying and you're like, gotcha, motherfucker, <laughs> that's sick to me, I think. Um, <laughs> that's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like fun to shoot at a target and then when it actually drops and it's like, gonna die and no longer exist at your hand, it's fucked up. Uh, Alright, so now we'll go to some unacceptables, and then we will talk a little, uh, we'll talk a little uh, playoffs. Playoffs? So let's uh, let's do that right now, and let's get into some unacceptables here. Here's the thing with the unacceptable, guys. I'm trying to get to everybody's, but if, if I can't keep reading the same people's all the time, so, um, I, I, let me say, let me rephrase that. I can't keep getting to the same peoples and not get to new people like, or, or people that haven't done it in a while. So if you don't hear yours, it's just because you may be submitting them like too often and I appreciate it and I'll definitely get to yours eventually. But like, I can't just like, you know, if Joe Smith sends it every week, that's not fair to other people. You know what I mean? So I'm going to try to try to get everybody in the rotation. So I might not get to yours, um, but I'm going to do my best. Okay. So, this is from AJ Lesher. I've not heard from AJ in a while. Here we go. And if I, if my memory, if my impeccable memory, no, I'm just kidding, but it is good. 
uh, is correct here. I think this dude came to the show when I got a bottle thrown at me on Halloween weekend in Indiana. In Indiana. But AJ says, okay, he says, true story. Uh, you and the rest of the Goon Squad are trolling around the southeast while me and my wife are doing the truck driving thing and are rooted uh, all through the southeast this week. However, um, we are a day behind the tour every day. No chance to stop. Just passed through Shreveport. Going to try and stop and see the tour either Huntsville uh, Jackson or Mobile dates can't buy tickets in advance due to scheduled crossing. Um, hope there are walk-up tickets. Uh, you were great on Halloween. Oh, it was you. But this feels like a dog chasing his own damn tail. Um, hey, listen, man. That's not a hashtag unacceptable because, it, you know, maybe it feels like that to you, but I'm sure you're going to catch it anyway. And uh, the fact that you're, you know, trying to while you're on your way down here, that's awesome, too. So I wouldn't even say that's unacceptable. I'd say more frustrating, but it sounds like you're going to try to make it work. And uh, thanks, AJ. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, the Halloween weekend was, uh, was a great time. Okay, this is from Kenny Lofgren. Kenny, I haven't heard from Kenny in a while, but I know he's out there in Seattle. He says, ESPN and the NFL wasting everybody's time by having a show for the schedule release. Yeah, I know. That's a great Great, unacceptable. I turn the channel to get off, um, get off real quick, and there's Floyd Mayweather talking to Stephen A. Smith about $100,000 diamonds uh, in his watch on ESPN News. Unacceptable. Yeah, ESPN, that's a, dude, Kenny, that's a great unacceptable, and I want to talk about that for a second. ESPN is really starting to annoy me for a couple of reasons. One, I hate their new studio, how they made it look very corporate. It looks very corporate now. It doesn't look like intimate, like two guys talking about sports. It's got like this whole big CNN. It's got this big CNN feel to it. It's much colder and it's like big and white and <clears throat> I don't know. It just it just has that, I don't know. It, it just has it like, oh, wow, ESPN really is an empire, which you knew that it was, but <clears throat> now it's almost like this huge, gigantic network that uh, is very corporate. Same thing with their website. Their website is so much harder to use than it was a couple of months ago. I hate the new website. It sucks. It's it's not easy to go to. They make you watch all these. Like You have to watch a ton of videos now if you want to get to something or videos pop up if you just want to click and read something. So that those two things already annoy me about ESPN. But like, I can't take, you know, listen, my heart goes out to anybody involved with that, uh, you know, Boston Marathon bombing. Um, Boston is a great city. Boston's been great to my family. It's been great to my brother. been great to my mother uh, with the Dana-Farber Institute. Uh, I love visit, visiting Boston, and Boston is um, definitely, I was talking today, Boston's in my top five cities in America. It's just fucking awesome. I think the people in Boston are fucking hilarious. They're so funny. Um, you know, good senses of humor, great baseball town. Even though they're the rival, they fucking get it and all that stuff. That being said, I can't listen to Ben Affleck narrate. I can't fucking listen to Ben Affleck narrating shit, you know, about the Boston bombing. And so like Ben Affleck, anything that has to do with Boston, he's got to always be a part of it. He's got to, you know, it's just annoying to me. And yes, I am pissed off because Ben Affleck bumped into me at a party and I had my Yankee hat on. And I swear to God, the guy bumped into me enough where he should have said, excuse me. 
And ever since then, I'm like, fuck that guy in his movies. And he know he he, he could have said it. He just he's such a self involved dude. You could tell he was. I saw like the guy is just a self involved dude. And you don't bump into somebody and not say excuse me. I don't give a fuck who you are, how much money you have, or what fucking stupid movie you're in. You get if you're raised right, you bump into somebody and you say excuse me. That's what you do. And I, I'll never forget that, man. I'll never forget that that dude bumped me hard and just didn't say anything about it. And I'm not just, and I don't, and, but it's not that. Like, forget the fact that he bumped me. I'm trying to put that aside. The guy has to narrate or be part of everything and anything that has to do with Boston. I just turn it off now, you know. I turn it off now. And other people are saying, like, I mean, the coverage that that, that thing is getting, I mean, yeah, I feel bad for the victims, and I hope the victims go on. But, hey, even the girl, one of the girls who lost a limb was like, I don't want to keep reliving this fucking thing. <clears throat> and ESPN is starting to forget that they're a sports network. Everybody knows, if you want to watch Floyd Mayweather's watches, and you want to watch Floyd Mayweather's million-dollar Bugatti cars and his insane fucking car collection and all that stuff, if you want to watch that, just go to fucking, what's it called? His, you know, 24-7, you know, Mayweather, Pacquiao leading up to the fight. Watch that. I don't want to hear that shit on ESPN anymore. ESPN has just become this fucking, like, soap opera for guys that watch sports. It's just, just like, ridiculous. I agree 100%. Cause that's a great unacceptable, man. And it, it is. It's getting really ridiculous. It's it's getting to the point where, you know, uh, like you have to wait so long to watch certain highlights because they're doing a piece on this and a piece like that. Everything is like a fucking, you know, Olympic piece. You know, the way they talk about the person's life in the Olympics. Like, that's what this is becoming. And I don't like it. Uh, let's see what else we got here, um, and then we'll go to we'll go to some Twitter once. I don't want to spend so much time. I don't want to spend so much time on it, but uh, let's go to Twitter now. And Stephen A. Smith on ESPN, who I fucking used to really like, it's just becoming so ridiculous now. Like the things, like what. What did you just say? Did you just say? I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I can't believe. I mean, are you as to? Uh, uh, have we gone so crazy that you could say, "Oh my God, oh my God"? Can you? I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what. To say. I am baffled. I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna stop talking. Cause if you think that is this, it's just. It's so over the top, Stephen A. It's like, just relax, man. It's it's just, and I get it, it's part of the shtick, and I understand what he's doing, but it went from like that kind of getting, like his, I don't mind when he's like, that's absolutely ridiculous. I would never, I mean, that's absolutely, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That's fine. But just like the shaking of the head and the taking the glasses off and the rubbing the head and looking like, wait, what? You said Floyd Mayweather's gonna, I can't believe baby ridiculous all right here we go let's go this is from uh joseph marsala at dj jam jam 5150 what a twitter feed that is and joseph says at paul verzi can't stand when i deliver a 200 dollars worth of pizza and get stiffed fucking animals cage the animals unacceptable I'll give you one. You're probably not going to like this, but that is unacceptable. Last night, we're on a tour bus. You guys are going to love this story. I should have said that this happened last night. I think it's a pretty cool story. So, we're on a bus last night, and we are uh, hanging out 
in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, on the bus, and the bus was ex- ex- expanded. You know, the bus, the sides, when it's parked, the sides open up, so it's like a fucking apartment. It's insane. And we're hungry, and it's very late, and we're calling everywhere, and we're calling everywhere, and uh, I don't want to say the name of the place, or if anybody's listening, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to do that to the driver or to the establishment, but let's just say we're starting to look for places to eat, and there was nothing open. So we're starting to look at, uh, you know, pizza places and pizza chains and all that stuff, and, you know, there's a few. Everybody knows the names of some of them, but anyway, long story short, we find find one that's open. I call up and I'm like, "Look, we need some wings." Okay? And then um Bill and Jay were like, "Yeah, get a pepperoni pizza too." So I'm like, "Get a pepperoni pizza." We got like a bunch of wings. And I was like, "I don't think that's enough. Let's get the boneless too." You got boneless and they're like, "Yeah, you know, eight piece or whatever." I go, "You know, throw some boneless in there, hot sauce, whatever." So I'm like, "This is the hotel we're staying at, but we also have a tour bus you could come to and knock on the door." And, uh, so, um, they, we're waiting and we're psyched and we're waiting and we're waiting and all of a sudden we get a phone call and they went to the wrong hotel, the wrong hotel, another hotel on the other side of town. Now we're hungry and they're saying, sorry, but that's not in the delivery zone. And the one that is in the delivery zone has already closed. So you're fucked. So Lawhead gets on the phone and then, um, you know, and then, he starts losing his patience, and then Bill gets on the phone, and we're like, listen, we paid for it, and they were saying, you'll get a great tip, you'll be taken care of, can you just come across town, it's not far, it was probably an extra five minutes, and you'll be taken care of, and they're like, oh, we'll see what we could do, we'll call the manager, so they finally call back, and she's like, yeah, I'll do it for you, and uh, she got taken care of, she definitely got taken care of, uh, you know, I think Bill threw a ton extra in, and you know, we all kind of chipped in, and she got a nice, she, I'm sure it made her fucking night, um, sorry, that sucks for you, Joseph, I, I know, I probably shouldn't have told that story, uh, I probably shouldn't have told that story after the, um, you know, you're unacceptable, but yeah, if you deliver $200 worth of food, and somebody gives you, you know, somebody gives you fucking five bucks, that's, that's horse shit, you know, I would think, I'm trying to think of what I would do if it was twenty. Yeah, I would, I would give over twenty percent. I would I would give over twenty percent of it. That's what. I mean, I, I just think that that's what you have to do. I think on anything, especially if like it's within a timely, like if it's the time is right, and the they're on it and they don't fuck up the order. Like you know, if you order eight pies and eight pies, some have peppers and some have sausage and some have pepperoni and all of the ones that do are right and the bill is right and the fucking receipt everything is there and you did it in a timely fashion you gotta be you gotta be tipped more than 20 you gotta be tipped right you gotta be tipped right like I'll tell somebody too like if I like if I just have a card on me and I run out of cash and the the, the only thing I could tip is with my cash I'll say like hey man listen let me I, I will get you next time and I'll remember I'll say hey I'll, what can I do to you know or like you know, like the other night, I couldn't tip this guy because I didn't have cash on me. So I said, hey, listen, let me buy a shot because this guy at the venue was nice. He was giving us free beers. And I was like, well, let me tip you, but I don't have cash. I was like, I just got my card. So let me buy a shot. Charge me for a shot, and then I'll just tip you nice on the thing. And he's like, yeah, that works. You know, you got to tip, man. You got to fucking tip. You got to take care of people. They remember it, and you can't be a cheap fuck. You just can't. And don't look for excuses to not tip, you know. Well, I thought they could have been nicer. Oh, I didn't like her shoes. <clears throat> didn't like his sneakers. So he's not getting. 
All right, so thanks for the unacceptable, Joseph. Let's see what else we have here. Um, unnecessary. Yeah, everybody, thank everybody too, man. Like, for I, I can't believe how many people that I've seen over the, um, you know, course of these these shows and this tour that say I listen to the podcast every time. I love it, man. It means means a lot. It's so cool to fucking be in Memphis and have people like love the show. Um, and everywhere too, not just Memphis. Um, you know, some people like just keep talking about certain things. Oh, when you said this, or oh, when you said that, and they actually really know it, and it's just fucking hilarious to me. All right, uh, Josh Meadows at DJ Nacho One. A guy at my gym takes a piss, doesn't wash his hands, goes out, uses equipment. <laughs> There's an idiot born every day. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, dude. I got to tell you, that's gross. You know what else is gross? That's a great unacceptable, by the way, Josh. Thank you. That is unacceptable because you know some guy just touched his balls and now he's fucking doing pull-ups and you want to do that. You want to do pull-ups and you can't grab the grip thing because he's got his fucking ball sweat on it and it just ruins the experience. It's fucking awful It's and it's gross. And like I get grossed out when I go to a hotel room. I, I like to wipe down the remote. You, I just, I do. I like to wipe down the remote because you got some fucking guy who probably, you know, you Lord knows. I mean, that's why you got to stay in nice hotels because at least like people, you know, it's not some fucking truck driver with grease under his fingernails. Like, yeah, give me that fucking, you know, jerking off to, you know, watching fucking, you know, whatever he's watching. I don't, it's gross, man. It really is. I, you got to wipe it down because you know some fucking, I just picture, I always picture like the worst of it. Just some fat fuck walking around his room naked with his hand down his pants, just fucking, and just, you know, the remote laying on his fucking belly with a half t-shirt that smells like fucking cigarettes, and one of his hands down his fucking, you know, tidy whities Like, I'm not doing that. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. It's fucking gross, man. It really is. Not washing your hands when you leave a bathroom as a grown-up is both, <clears throat> excuse me, both unacceptable and hilarious at the same time. I just don't get it. I don't understand how you could do that and just and think it's oh, yeah, it's fine, no worries. Yeah, it's all good. It's just, it's just my dick. That's what they think. Oh, well, it's my dick. So and I know I'm clean, so yeah, everybody else could deal with my dick. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Remember that what was that scene in um Dodgeball? Remember he goes, "I'm going to go to the bathroom." And the black dude just goes, "I uh, right, wash your hands." <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good unacceptable though. All right, here we go. This is from Michael Zofchak at Z O F F A N A T O R. And Michael says, "This bag of tumors, Jesus, Michael, walks around my work, brags about how he's been chewing tobacco and swallowing it since he was eight. Ugh, unacceptable. That's fucking gross. See, that sounds like a southern thing. I don't know if it's southern, but I could just hear the guy be like, Man, I've been chewing that shit since I've been eight, man. Shit. These pussy motherfuckers spitting it out. I swallow that shit. Let these motherfuckers walk around with a cup in their hand with some dirty water, man. My grandpappy want me to swallow that shit. 
I love how they say grandpappy down here. All right, this one is from Matt DeLuna at Matt, capital D, E, capital L, U, N, A. <clears throat> My girl can't get into a car because this animal couldn't park uh, his cage right. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag cage him up. And it is a picture of a jaguar next to a, looks like a, like a what is that, like a, like a Toyota 4Runner or something, and the Jaguar is all the way over with the wheels over the white line, making it very hard for the person in the 4Runner to open the door. That is definitely unacceptable. It's a good unacceptable, and uh, some people never learn. Some of these animals, these absolute fucking animals, never learn. All right. Um, This is... I am getting a call from Youngstown, Ohio, and I guess I have to take it, so I will have to pause this. Okay, I'm back, and you guys did not feel a thing. Had to take that call, and uh, we are back, so let's get back to the unacceptables. Let's see what we got here. Um, the last one was a joke. Okay, this is from Eric... Uh, LaMonica, 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 I'm sorry, Eric LaMonica, sorry about that, and it's at LaMonica, so it's L-A-M-A-N-A-C-K-A, and Eric says, at Paul Verzi, guy at work filling up water bottles by putting the spout uh, up into the bottle, uh, disgusting trash, hashtag unacceptable. I don't understand. No guy at work filling up water bottles by putting the spout up. Oh, okay, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unacceptable. Uh, then people got to drink that stuff, man. I'm telling you, these people don't care. Thank you for the submission, Eric. Let's see how many more of these we got. I know we're getting close to an hour. Got some more things to talk about, so um, I will. I'll do a few more here. And, uh, and we'll get it going. Let's see what else we have here. We got another unacceptable here. It's got, because I'm going through all of these, um, like, uh, what is that? Oh, okay, people, yeah. Oh, somebody said, yes. Michael McBee at MLM22DC said, uh, two girls making out before the show. Hope the pic comes through. Yeah, he took a picture of two girls just hardcore making out before the comedy show started, and they were sitting right in the front. And I love how he didn't say unacceptable. He just posted it, which is fucking hilarious. Okay. I don't think there's any... There's. I don't think there's that much anymore. Okay, Chris Frost at MN Frosty Boy. Unacceptable. Guy on cell while taking a dump. Told him to wash his hands before opening bathroom door. Uh, anyone got a spare cage? <laughs> With all your guys' cage comments, maybe I should make an unacceptable t-shirt and a cage him t-shirt. Or put him in a cage. I like put him in a cage better. Put him in a fucking cage. And just have a picture of a person getting like a cage dropped on him and they're like looking up at it scared. This is from Ryan Carroll at R-Y-Caro and then 11. So it's uh, at R-Y-C-A-R-R-O 11. 
every douche in America pretending to be moved by whiplash because some hipster critic said it was profound. Hashtag unacceptable. When was it? Yeah, I, I didn't see it, and um, I just think it's a little much. It's a little much. Um, all right. That's going to do it for the Unacceptables this week, everybody. Thank you for the submissions. And um, send them. Try to send them. I'm going to try to make um, Unacceptables at Gmail this week. So you guys are going to have access to that in a week. So hopefully the next time I talk to you guys, which will be Wednesday... Um, and I'll still be on the bus tour. I maybe have a guest, maybe Bill Burr, maybe Jason Lawhead, who knows. But um, we will. Uh, I'll have an email for you guys to send the long ones to. Okay. And again, uh, I appreciate the regulars on it. But if you're if you're new to it, and like I didn't get to you, or if you want to do it, but you don't think I'm going to get to you because like I haven't yet, please send me them. And I want to get um, I want to get newer listeners to to really get involved with the show and uh, listen more. Okay. Uh, or, or 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 get their unacceptables on more, I should say. So please send them, and um, you're all welcome. You know, you're all welcome. We we've been doing the he gets emotional thing on the thing, and it just it just makes any kind of tense moment. You just got to try it with your friends. Anytime you start losing your patience, or you get upset, or you feel like something, you just just go, I'm sorry. <laughs> people people at the show were doing it last night. Um, <laughs> uh, let's get to. Um, movies. Well, here's the movies that I brought on the bus. I think you guys will like them. But the movies we brought on the bus, we brought we brought Anchorman. We brought National Lampoon's Vacation, the original, the first one. I got um, Kingpin, which is just an absolute classic. And MacGruber, which we watched and we were laughing our asses off. And then the serious ones, you got to get all the mob movies. You know, Casino, Goodfellas. All that. I didn't bring the Godfather trilogy with me because I was in a big box and it's just too much to pack. But uh, so we've been watching movies and um, just hanging out. Have not seen anything new, and this is not the the tour to be going to the movies. One show tonight, and then it's time to recharge the battery. Um, so that's uh, that's that, and um, sports. Uh, we've been watching. It's so cool to like go to the Memphis Grizzlies training facility and see these guys and talk to them, and then watch them in the playoffs. So I'm kind of rooting. I'm kind of rooting for Memphis, but my picks were the Spurs and the Cavs. I'm sticking with that. I don't think uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty interesting stuff, and I love just how intense it is now and how every game, every night, every game means something. I'm I'm totally into the NBA playoffs. I know most of you guys don't give a fuck about the NBA. I think the NBA is back. I think there's a ton of talent, and I'm enjoying it. And um, I'm really looking forward to the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. So Because we're going to go to the Kentucky Derby, and then we're going to go see Pacquiao-Mayweather fight uh, somewhere in Kentucky. And I am excited as hell. And I'm thinking about putting a little money on the Pac-Man. You know, just because the odds are against them, you maybe win a little money, surprise the world. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm into that for sure. Uh, 100% I'm into that. And uh, into these playoffs, we get something to watch every night. Uh, hockey playoffs, I have not. We watched a little bit 
you know, Burr and Lawhead give a shit about hockey more than me, so they're kind of putting those games on and stuff and, and watching a little bit of it. But um, I don't know. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. It's just more, you know. I'd rather watch A-Rod hit a home run than a hockey playoff game just because I'm getting interested in how good he's doing. And calm down, Met fans. Hey, listen, I know you guys are doing good, but it's 11-3 and three or whatever you are, and that's awesome, but it is fucking April 23rd, okay? It's April 23rd. You cannot be for real until the middle of June. Calm the fuck down. And... Uh, I'm glad Jameis Winston did that uh, did that interview with Harbaugh because I think that that guy, I honestly think that that guy's a good quarterback and I really don't think he's the piece of shit that everybody thinks he is. I, I Just listening to it, it's like when you get offered things for free and you're a star kid and, you know, people are giving you things. I got to tell you, if my friend said, hey, come down to the supermarket, I'll hook you up with crab legs, and then they gave me a bag of crab legs and I walked out and somebody complained, I would, I would, I'm surprised he didn't like talk more about it. I'd be like, fuck that, dude. I'm holding a press conference because these people think I'm a piece of shit. Now, the sexual assault thing, I know it got dropped. And when anything like that happens, you don't know what really happened. So I can't really talk to him on that thing. But I don't, it just doesn't seem to me, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm looking at that interview going, maybe he's not a bad guy, but. I, you know, I know people that met him, said he's cool, said he's not a bad guy. Um, I don't know. But the crab leg thing alone, I should say. I shouldn't talk about the sexual assault thing. I don't know. And if he did, then he is a piece of shit, and that's a whole other story. I'm talking about the crab leg thing, though. You know, the crab leg thing, that's like getting hooked up, you know, for free, and people complained about it. That's what that was. Um, and there's really actually nothing else going on in sports. The big uh, the big talk is this fight that's happening in 10 days. They already signed the contracts for it. I'm excited about it. And uh, that's pretty much it. So um, got some plugs to do here. I'm going to do the um, Gotham Comedy Club. I will be headlining or co-headlining with Joe Bartnick. Gotham Comedy Club for the all-in tour, which will be in New York City. Gotham Comedy Club, one of the best clubs um, in the country. Um, May 8th and 9th. So come out to that. I will also be in Pompton Plains, New Jersey at, uh, I believe it's like a Best Western. We're doing a one-nighter all-in tour. Me and Joe Bartnick, it's up on the, um, it is up on my website. My website has new dates on it. You could check that out. I will be with Bill Burr for a bunch of dates that he's doing at the Wilbur Theater. Not all of them, but a lot of them, most of them. So you could check me out there. And uh, yeah, just go to the website. Go to www.paulverzi.com. Check out all of the um, dates that are coming up. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. And um, yeah, I will have a release date hopefully for the album soon. And uh, that's it. So this has been episode uh, 206. I will be on um, next Wednesday. So uh, send the unacceptables and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care.